Uh, we have two folks here this morning who's going to share, and uh, Brian is Pastor Brian Polson is going to come up and give a devotional out of Matthew 5. So if you brought your Matthew muscles with you, uh, open your Bibles up to Matthew 5, and, and Pastor Brian is going to come give us a, a, a little 10-minute devotional here on that passage. And then we have an on-the-field, boots-on-the-ground missionary with us this morning. And this Sunday, we are, we are celebrating Mission Sunday. Uh, for those of you who know anything about the Forsberg movement in particular, we are in large part a missionary movement. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and our goal has always been to take uh, the love of Christ around the world. And so this morning, uh, Brian's going to teach us a little bit from the Word, and then we're going to hear some great stories and practical application from Sandra Johnson over here, who's a missionary, Forsberg missionary to Spain. So, ready? Amen. Thank you. Amen. And you got good. I got... Uh, you know, I'm not quite as spiritual as uh, Pastor Tom because uh, my daughter, my oldest daughter Valerie, she came home one day when she was younger, about that same age, five, six, seven years old, and told my wife that she heard me say the F word. And uh, my wife was just horrified. <laughs> and uh, then she realized or found out, you know, what, what did he say? It was, Mom, I can't say that. Fart. <laughs> fart. So uh, I'm a little bit more degraded than Pastor Tom. You know, my, my dad was a, a truck driver, and growing up, I loved going on trips with my dad. Uh, we would you'd get in that big old truck and start going down the road, and I loved the times where we'd stop on the side of the road at a diner and, and eat uh, a meal. And uh, hanging out at truckers' diners, you, you get around a lot of pretty rough characters. And um, I'd love sitting there and listening to their stories um, around a, a meal. And uh, one of the truck drivers was telling a story uh, about a time uh, that he had heard about a truck driver that was sitting in a crowded roadside diner ready to eat his lunch. And it wasn't just any dinner or any lunch. It was his favorite dinner on the road, diner on the road, and it was his favorite lunch. And just as the waitress brought him his, um, his meal, it was uh, a meatloaf, mashed potatoes, gravy, uh, green beans, to, uh, um, uh, he, you know, just as he got, uh, got it set down before him, a motorcycle gang pulls up to the diner, and they swagger into the, uh, the diner. And uh, most of them sit themselves right next to the table that the truck driver was sitting at. And there wasn't enough room for all of them. And so one of the gang members uh, that, that was left standing turned to the truck driver, and he barked, Move! We want that table! The truck driver calmly says, I haven't finished my meal. One of the motorcycle tough guys takes his dirty finger and scoops it into the mashed potatoes and gravy and pulls it up and, hmm, that's mighty fine grub. And uh, the other motorcycle gang member takes the truck driver's cup of coffee and just pours it over the rest of the truck driver's meal. So the truck driver, he, um, well, the, the guy says, you're finished now. You're done. The truck driver gets up quietly, 
takes his napkin, wipes off his hands, walks over to the um, cashier, asks for his tab and pays the tab and walks out of the diner. And the gang members, they just start roaring and laughing. And one of them looks at the waitress and says, he ain't much of a man, is he? And the waitress says, yeah, and he's not much of a truck driver either. He just backed over all, the, all your motorcycles <laughs> with his rig. <laughs> now, how do you react when people make life difficult for you? You know, we all, we all encounter um, people who are hard to live with. H- how do you treat the jerks in your life? I want you to think about that. The people that are hard to live with, people that are jerks in your life, and you know, if you don't have any difficult people around you right now, give it some time, you will, you know. We all will have some difficult people around you. And um, the truth is, our society really struggles with this issue of how to deal with difficult people, people we don't agree with, people that, that hurt us. Uh, people that speak evil about us, uh, how do we handle it, how do we deal with it, how do we react to it. We have a hard time as a society approaching that, and we see it daily in our news and the whole political campaigns and, and, and just the struggle uh, between uh, races, uh, the, the uh, ethnic groups, uh, there's just different religions, all that kind of stuff. It, it, it's how do we deal with that? And uh, the truth is that our society often thinks about revenge. How do we get back? You, know, you can look at bumper stickers. I've seen a few in my day. And that really display what a real philosophy of life can be around us. And that is, do unto others before they can do unto you. Or, I don't get mad. What? I get even. Uh, keep honking. I'm reloading. I see that up around my area. Uh, to err is human. To forgive is out of the question. Here's another one for the canyon drivers. I break for tailgaters. Or uh, how about this? Uh, please tailgate. I need the money. You know? Uh, you know, today we're looking at one of the greatest sermons of all time. Matthew chapter 5. We see in there the, the Beatitudes and, and the section of, uh, of the, the portion of the sermon that Pastor Tom asked me to, to speak about is love your enemies. Love your enemies. <clears throat> and um, Jesus begins, you know, he looks the disciples directly in the face and he begins to give them the principles that would distinguish them from the rest of the world. He begins to say, this is how I want you to live. And it is totally opposite to the world around them. And as you read through the portions here, you just see the contrast between how the world is and how Jesus is teaching, preaching, saying, here's how you live. Here's how I want you to live. Uh, And so he gives us a profile of what a disciple is to be. Those who follow Jesus must operate under a set of values that is opposite of the world. If we don't pay attention to that, what we will find is we're operating with the same values that the world has around us. 
I'd like to ask you to stand and, and, uh, with me, and, and um, I, I, I want us to read the word together. Now, I've taken the liberty to shift from Matthew 5 over to Luke chapter 6, which is covering the, the same sermon. It just Luke presents a couple of ways that he worded it that uh, I felt drawn to in order to present the, the, this uh, message that I want to pass on to you. And so together, let's read Luke chapter uh, 6. Let's go to the next one. Uh, ready? Begin. But to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. Father God, as we embrace those words, your sermon to us, Lord, I pray that you would help us to identify Lord, where there's conflict in our life, and Lord, to be able to receive the word and be ones who hear your word and are willing to respond to your word that you give to us today. And I pray this in your name. Amen. Go ahead and be seated. Looking at his disciples right in the eye, he declared in verses 27 and 28 of Luke chapter 6, he says, but to you who are listening, I say, love your enemies. Do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. See, Jesus begins verse 27 of Luke chapter 6 by saying, But I say to you who listen. Now, who is he referring to? All the, there's all, you know, people there that were hearing what he had to say, were in hearing distance. Everyone present could hear him. But the phrase is, is, is best heard is, as, uh, and best represented by that those who are willing to listen. Those who, who uh, in, the, in the message paraphrase, it, it, it displays it pretty accurately, and that is those who are willing to listen. What kind of person are you today? You can hear the word, but are you willing to listen to it? To you who are ready for the truth. Here's what I say. This is what Jesus said. To you who are ready for the truth. It is obvious that Jesus is clearly indicating that he's about to say some things of how to deal with difficult people and he knows it's not going to be easy. It's going to be difficult for those that are listening to him to accept it. It doesn't fit with what they have understood and how they've embraced it, and it's going to be difficult. So he says, those of you that are willing to hear the truth right now, you're willing to embrace this. Here's what I say. In verses, uh, these verses, Jesus sets out three practical outward ways of going about loving our enemies. He simply says, do good to those who hate you. Bless those who curse you. Pray for those who mistreat you. Now, much of the, what we call the acts of love, our acts of love, much of it, if we really stop and examine it, is selfishly motivated. We love others in order to be loved. We give in order to receive. We do good so that good will be done to us. We serve with an underlying expectation that somehow we're going to get repaid for what we've, the way we've served. 
in the 27 years that I pastored, was involved in pastoral ministry of senior pastoring a church, I saw many people burn out in ministry. And oftentimes, those, they were burned out in their service to the Lord. And then they were simply people who had become angry with men and angry with God because they hadn't received the payment for their sacrifices, their service. They hadn't gotten what they expected to get back for doing what they did. They had sacrificed so much, they had served so much, and they hadn't gotten back what they expected. And that kind of burnout is based on, on self-interest, and it's, based on, it's not based on a desire to just simply be obedient to the Lord. Just simply, I'm doing this because this is what God wants me to do. Not doing this because I'm hoping to get something back or I'm hoping to you know, get this kind of response or whatever. I'm doing this be simply because I want to be obedient to what the Lord has called me to do. In verse 35 of Luke 6, he draws this strong contrast. He goes through the scripture and he lays out, you know, you know, you could, you know, you could, if you love those who love you, what, what is that? You know, it's when you love someone who hates you. And he says, but love your enemies, do good to them, lend to them without expecting to get anything back. Then your reward will be great and you will be children of the most high because he is kind to the ungrateful and the wicked. You see, if you and I are truly living as Christ has dictated, then we're not going to be worried about what are we going to get out of the deal. It says that the Lord will repay us in His way and in His timing. The greatest reason that I can give you today that the Scripture says here as to why should we love our enemies? Because if we do that, it says that we, be, we become the children of God. We become the children of the Most High. See, this, this really grips my heart. You and I are never more like the Lord than we are when we are doing good to someone who doesn't deserve it. We're never more like Jesus than we are when we were doing good to an enemy or someone that annoys us or someone that irritates us or someone that has set out to hurt us. How should we treat our enemies? If we are true followers of Jesus, if we are His disciples, then we must love them, we must do good to them, and we must pray for them. But I realize this is far easier talk than it is to do. It's easier to talk about it than it is to do. In fact, it's probably the most difficult part of our spiritual battle, and that is to consistently succeed at doing good, blessing those who curse us, praying for, the, for our enemies, and doing that consistently. In fact, you and I, we can't love our enemy on our own strength. We need the power of the Holy Spirit in us. I, and I encourage you to 
take this passage and identify one thing this week as a result of what you've learned from this passage and, 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 and share this with us and say, this is something I'm going to do because of what I've learned here. I'm going to do this. I'm, this is how I'm going to love someone that has mistreated me. And we have the privilege of having Sandra Johnson, who's been a missionary for 10 years uh, in Spain, I believe, the whole time. And, and I've just had the privilege of meeting her this morning. I'm just excited about what I see in her life and the, what God's been doing through her life. And uh, she's going to talk to us some about how we can further be good missionaries. Wonderful impact at that teen age. Um, on the next slide, 
we do a literacy project, 50% of our Moroccans are illiterate, 70% of the women from the northern part. And so we take advantage of that and use a Bible-based program to teach them how to read and write in Spanish. And all the while, we're discipling them in the Lord. And um, Martine's mother is on the right. She even helps with our ministry doing that as well. And um, there's a picture on the left of some of the ladies that, that we minister to and, and teach. And one of the ladies wants to learn to read and write because her little girl is very sick all the time. And she can't, if you can imagine, in your own home. She can't read the doctor's notes. She can't read anything from the school. She can't read the prescription bottle, you know, how to give her child medicine. So it's pretty important that she knows how to read and write. So we did this program, the beginning of this program, and at the end of about a year, we read through a little book. And then when we finished the book, I said to her, do you realize what you just did? She said, what? I said, you just read a book. She got so excited. She didn't realize it. She jumped up, started crying, and just hugged me because she had hope to be able to help her child. Isn't that exciting? Okay, the next slide. This is a young man that um, he was nine when he came to this boy's home. He was an orphan. He was an orphan. And the couple with him are dentists that partner with us to do a dental project in Morocco. And when he came, he didn't speak. He kind of smiled. He was really scared. But he ended up, over the years, just being our constant little companion in that dental clinic every time we went to Morocco. And he is now today a Christian. He has gone to Bible school, and he is now moving back to Morocco with a Bible school in Spain, which was not one in Morocco. And he went back to Morocco now, and he is helping with youth. Just an incredible um, change in his life. And the next one. Okay, this boy, I want to point out to you, the boy in the middle was kind of looking like this, right? He was that age when we met him. So he was about 17. His father is an imam, which is a leader of the mosque, the leader of the Muslim faith. He has uh, two wives, two families, living in separate towns. And this young man would see his father every weekend when he would come and bring them food. He's very poor. This, this boy's home is for parents that can't afford to feed and educate their children or their orphans. So he was one of those that, that though he's a leader of the mosque, very, very poor family. So he was radical. He was aggressive. He wanted to argue with us all the time. But it was casting that one little doubt into his Muslim faith. He saw something in us that he wanted, and it wasn't what he'd ever seen in his life. And he just pushed and fought and debated with us. And what does the Bible say? Seek, and you will find. Draw near to me, and I will draw near to you. This boy was seeking the true God because he wasn't so sure that he knew the true God anymore. And he found him. And so he today uh, has a residency in Spain, a visa, not a residency, and he goes and he works with drug rehabilitation groups in Spain as long as his visa lasts and he goes back to Morocco and, and he comes back. So he is quite a testimony. No matter how radical they are, Jesus is waiting for them and Jesus can reach them. And the next one, this lady, um, this is an incredible testimony for us of learning to listen to the Holy Spirit. You know, we we have a hard time being sure, well, is God telling me that? Or am I just thinking that? Or And this walking with her, 
sharing the love of Christ with her was a walk of every day saying, okay, Lord, can I do this today? No, not today. Okay, can I do this today? Yeah, you can do it today. You know, just waiting for the opportunity. This is what you need to share today. There's a movie called The Jesus Film. It tells about the beginning, creation, and takes you through um, why we need a Savior and then introduces you to Jesus. And it's in a lot of different languages, so it's a very common tool that, that we use on the field. So I had this Jesus film, and I wanted to show it to her because I, she could watch it in her own language in Arabic. And, and I was praying, Lord, can I show this to her today? No, not today. Okay. Next time, can I show it to her today? No, not today. Can I show it to her today? Today's the day. Okay. We went. We had all kinds of problems with the computer that we never had. But the, the glorious thing, by following the Holy Spirit's voice, we got the movie on. We watched the Jesus film. And no one came into her house that day. There were no interruptions. Her husband didn't even come home because her husband had been there. She couldn't have watched at home. And um, one day, uh, the Lord said, make a soup. Make a soup? Okay, I'll make your soup. <laughs> and I went over to her house, and it was full of family, all this family, because she, she had cancer and, and hepatitis B, and she was dying. So all this family was visiting her. And they came in with the soup, and they said, no, she's not going to eat it. She is really hungry, but she, she won't eat anything. She just she refuses to eat anything. So I walked in, and I, and I said hello to her and greeted her, and I said, I made some soup, and I know you don't really want it right now, but I'll just put it in the kitchen if you're ready. And then I went to put it in the kitchen, and the aunt follows me in the kitchen. She wants your soup. <laughs> <laughs> the woman wouldn't eat anything exactly what she wanted. That was the one thing that her body could handle at that point in her sickness. Just a very mild, warm soup. So it's so incredible when we really press into the Lord. We really take advantage of his opportunities, not creating our own. Saying, Lord, what are you doing? That's what Jesus did, right? Father, what are you doing? I want to do what you're doing. I don't want to do something that because it's a good thing. And just learning to follow the Holy Spirit's voice. And I encourage you in that because... You know what? If you don't try, you're never going to know if you're right or wrong. So God doesn't care if you, if you get it wrong. He wants you to try. He wants you to learn to listen to him. Okay, the next one. Now, um, 2 Corinthians 5 talks about that we are all ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us to be reconciled to God. Right? We are all. And that is such a powerful verse for me. And um, I have a gift today. It's a little uh, Moroccan keychain. It's made out of leather, which they make here. As you can see, they, this is one of the large tanneries in Morocco. They do all these processes, and they make all kinds of things. And the finest leather in the world is Moroccan leather. So you probably have something in your home that's made from leather. And I'd like to, um, there's one for every, every person over 13, and I would love for you to take this keychain and, and let it be a reminder to you, let it be an encouragement to you to ask the Lord, how can I partner with you in mission? I don't want to do my own thing. I want to partner with what you're doing. Now, that can be uh, praying, praying for missions, praying for missionaries. That can be, when your church has an outreach, go do it. You know, they can't hear if somebody doesn't come. That can be financial. You can support a project.
to uh, send new sending new students out to go over and, and do some BBS and play some soccer, play with some folks, meet some people who have come into to the, to the home and, and the orphans, and that we would be able to add to their testimony, add to their witness of what you're doing over there in Spain and, and, and in Morocco. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give it one more round. church, for many of you who don't know, we often give a lot. I know I've had people come and say, well, Pastor, I receive all these things in the mail, and they all seem like great things to give to, but I, you know, I, I, we support the church, and then, you know, there doesn't seem to be enough left over for some of these other things, the rescue mission, or some stuff that we're doing in oil there, and all that. And I want to let you know that one of my hearts as a pastor in, in the oversight of, of the funds of the church, and and, and of course, with the business council, we talk about this a lot too. What can we give to? What can we give to? Uh, we don't want to just be so inbred or in-house that we, we simply fund everything that's here or of us. We are a part of something bigger, something special that is the worldwide church of Jesus Christ. And I want to let you know that we do and have been giving uh, to many of those things. In fact, when a letter comes to our church, I just I check a box. I give it to Dave Moore. He writes a check. You know, I make sure I pray about it, and obviously, you know, if it's, it's you know, uh, save the beetles, you know, and I love beetles, you know, so I mean, we don't, you know, and we're, <laughs> you know, we're, 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 we're giving to, to, you know, appropriate Christian missions and rescue missions and things like that, but, uh, but a part of what all of today was about is, is to really send a message strong for us as a church and a congregation. Uh, we're going to go out there, we're going to love the world, we're going we're gonna to give and support and fund some of this need, and that we are going to represent Christ in our day and time as best we can. Amen? Amen. Amen. Jesus, pray now for our congregation this morning that you would bless them, that you would keep them in your grace. Let your face shine upon them, Lord, in our lives, and in our words, in our actions, thoughts, and deeds. And Lord, I pray that you would bring in provision into our church so that we could spread it out to missionaries like Sandra and, and, and other works, Lord Jesus, uh, with the, the work that you've been supporting in Cambodia. God, we pray that their needs would be provided for as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you all. Have a great week. See you next Sunday. And we're going to get down. You can flip chapters now. We're no longer in Matthew 5. We're now in Matthew 6. <laughs> Take care.